Hello, my friends. This is Paul, and it's the 25th day of October. Thanks for joining me as we try to conclude this middle portion of the Apostles' Creed. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. I told you yesterday I want to try to reframe third day. I don't mean I'm trying to come up with some new idea, some fresh revelation. I'm really just just reaching back into the ancient Hebrew tradition and also reaching back into the book of Acts to try to see how that third day was framed because Christ raises on the third day, but in celebration, it speaks to something they believed in very deeply and prophetically, and it speaks to something about the way they frame the new world that they live in. We don't often think of it in those terms. I I think this is unfortunate, and I think it's why I've been so struck for the last few years about the cross and the resurrection is I'm trying to reframe it. It's not just the place I got saved. I want to see the resurrection as the entrance to a new world, that everything changed when Jesus raised from the dead. I don't simply mean everything changed for me when I realized Jesus raised from the dead, but everything changed. Let me start today with a little verse from Acts 20. Listen to verse 7, and this is Paul ministering in Troas after his journeying in Greece, and this is he's on his way to Ephesus. But listen to verse 7. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. First day of the week was not something that was part of the Jewish tradition. But from the book of Acts on, it becomes the marker of what the disciples begin to refer to as the Lord's Day. And it becomes important because in the Jewish tradition, the seventh day of the week, Saturday, was the day of rest, the day when you did nothing. You rested as unto the Lord. You watched Spiritually, you watched as he ceased from his works in creation. You then ceased from your creative act and you rested. And then you got started on day one of the week. Um, Christians come along and they take the passion weekend and they frame their lifestyles around it in the first few centuries. Friday is a day of solemnity, somberness. Friday, because it honors the day Jesus died. So Friday was a day of being on your knees, seeking God when you could. Saturday, for those who came from Jewish traditions, remained a day of rest. A lot of the early church starts to come in from Gentile cultures. They don't know that day of rest stuff. And so perhaps they don't celebrate that, but the Jewish Christians did. But Sunday, whether Jew or Gentile, became first day, Lord's Day, day of feasting and celebration. We even have evidence that in the early, the early church services, they didn't kneel during the service. No one got on their knees on the Lord's Day because to get on your knees was supplication. It's what servants did. But on the Lord's Day, you stayed on your feet because children approached their daddy standing up. And so they would kneel on Friday, supplicant before the cross, but they would remain standing on the Lord's day because they were in a new world and a new world needs to be explored on your feet. I I, I think that's fascinating. 
And in the earliest church, they would meet before dawn because they had to go to work. First day of the week was work day. So the church would meet before dawn and sometimes long before dawn so that they could go over scripture and so that they could teach. They had people coming in, didn't know anything, no tradition. A lot of Gentiles had no tradition in Judaism, had to learn some basics about uh, who they were. This is this faith is developing out of this Jewish understanding of God and in this incorporation of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And so to see Paul in Acts 20 breaking bread, that's part of their ceremony, by the way. They always celebrated with the breaking of bread and communion, but it wasn't solemn. That it, In fact, it didn't become solemn until the Middle Ages. The Dark Ages darkened everything, by the way. I don't know if you're noticing that through this Apostles' Creed study. We get to the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, and everything sort of slows down and bogs down. We needed a true revival of life coming out of that dark period. But up until the Middle Ages, communion was celebratory. And thank God it's returning to that in church circles I'm in, people celebrating at taking communion, not being somber. So the resurrection, the third day becomes a first day, but it also becomes an eighth day. And what I mean by that is that there was a belief, there was a Jewish belief that someday at the end of the world as we know it, God would recreate the world in what the Jews called the eighth day. The eighth day would be the beginning of a brand new creation. And there are early Christian sort of tip of the cap back to that theology in that a lot of high churches to this day have octagonal baptismal fonts where you baptize people. It's it's an octagon. Those eight sides are in honor of the idea that when you come out of the water, you are entering the eighth day. You're entering a new world. Uh, And so the third day becomes the Christian first day, becomes the Jewish eighth day, and it's all framed around the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we've hit the midpoint of the creed. Let's read the creed up until this point, shall we? Taking, just kind of keeping in mind all of the things that we have been saying. And we'll stop at the point that we are today and what I consider the middle. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. Well, you know that's not the end of the story. Things are just getting started. We'll keep going tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless.